Sports Podcast. Back at it again. As always, it is me, Brent Young, joined alongside two fellow comrades, two guys that are uh, getting ready to take in a little bit of uh, college basketball, the end of college basketball, if you will. That's right, National Championship Monday, and that needs to wait. Kansas and North Carolina can wait, because right now it's time to get a little Danco transmission bear cat bounce in your life. That means I'm going to bring in my two guys, two sidekicks. Aaron Smith and Chad Brendel. Aaron, Chad, gents, how are we? I'm doing all right. Uh, Monday night, ready to get this one going, get it mm-hmm. done, move on to the next. <laughs> yep. Chad? I'm here. He's here. He's here. And a Darth uh, Vader over here behind the wall. Yeah. I. You know, Aaron, you yes. and I have had our – go ahead, Chad. You guys do not want to see me right now. Trust I don't me. blame you. <laughs> Aaron and I, we've we've had our flu game type uh, type performances. This is Chad's flu game here recently. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We uh, we'll we'll make it through. But the thing is, you know, uh, this is this is Bearcat land, and when it when it's Bearcat land, that means it's time to talk about a little Danco transmission. I don't care. That's right. Ten dollars off your next oil change. You head to Danco transmission. Mention the BBP. Mention Bearcat Journal. Try and do your best Chad Brendel impression with his voice you're going to hear later throughout this podcast. Say, Aaron Smith, how are we? Get yourself $10 off and oil change at your next trip to Danco Transmission. Visit dancotransmission.com for more. But, guys, as we get this one going, it seems as if things are wrapping up. During spring practice, things are starting to uh, come to a T. We're going to touch on football first, then roll into basketball, roll right into what's going to be going on after this pod wraps up. So let's let's talk football. And uh, first off, we do have to mention there was a new commitment. It happened just just fresh, just really easily yesterday. Nice Sunday midday treat, if you will. Rohan Davy. Now, if you don't know much about Rohan Davy. I suggest you look him up first, but I suggest you watch his tape. You know, there's many players out there that you kind of just look up and you you see who the other schools are that were recruiting him, different different things of that sort, maybe where he's from, different, you know, anything you want to about a player. But I suggest with Rohan Davey you watch the tape because this guy, the first two minutes of tape, it just it, it pops, you know, and it's something that you, they talk about a lot, but this is a little different. Flies to the football. He's, you know, I think you guys mentioned it last night. A heat-seeking missile is a good way to describe it. But, man, when he hits, he lays the wood. He knows how to do it. Rohan Davey, big-time commit. Not to, be confused with the, not to be confused with the other Rohan Davey. Correct. Correct. The uh, old LSU quarterback from back in the day. Yeah, you know, it's funny because when you, when you do Google Rohan Davey, it says, do you mean Rohan Davey with an EY? And it's like, oh, interesting. Then you get a little deep dive into that one. But, yeah, um, just initial impressions on this one. It seems like it, it was not really a long time coming, but he had been on, on campus a couple of times uh, for practices and you know, had, had some glowing things to say about the program, uh, especially when he had his, his couple of interviews with Mick Walker. So, um, Rohan Davey, man. Uh, Aaron, your initial impressions when, when you – Found out about the commitment, and then when you dove in a little bit further about Rohan. 
Oh, we haven't really seen them make a move like a like a splash move for a dollar guy this cycle. So uh, obviously, this kind of hits that right on the head. And then you break down his film, and the oh, kid. Wait. There's really no other way to describe him, right? I mean, heat seeking missile is it? Like he, I, I saw one play in his uh, junior year plays, and I want to say it was like the third or fourth one from the uh, the huddle video. Okay. And he's probably about 15 yards from the line of scrimmage. I think I know and he just about. takes the quarterback out who's scrambling to the right and just I, I the, the quarterback doesn't have a chance. Like he doesn't even make it to the line of scrimmage and he's just taking him out in the backfield. Um I, I feel like by the time he had cocked his arm back to try and even release something, all of a sudden Rohan Davies there and I, the, the guy has tremendous speed whether it's coming off the edge, whether it's tracking somebody down on you know, bouncing off to the outside or even from behind, like he's got some amazing speed. And I, I think that it should be really fun to watch him develop here at Cincinnati. Yeah. You know, we've, we've mentioned a couple of players up to this point who obviously the staff kind of sees develop, you know, whether it be through special teams, whether it be through, you know, practices, bowl practices, whatever you will, you know, I, you look, you know, Brian threats from last season. Also, of course, one, one of our favorite players to always mention Leroy Bowers is another example of this. You saw even a couple years back Deshaun pace is another player that fits this mold. Just someone that's going to come in and he's going to do what he's told. He's going to be an athletic guy. I, I imagine you probably will see him on, some kickoff return, sorry, kickoff teams, maybe immediately as as early as his true freshman year, and, and you see someone that can develop into that that little sniper dollar roll that has really become a a fixture in the Black Cat defense as a player who's going to fly all over the field, make plays, and and it, it's pretty obvious when watching the tape, Aaron. You that play you mentioned looks like he's back in coverage, and then sees the right. quarterback scramble out of the pocket and. Man, before the quarterback could even look down the field again, once he was outside of the pocket, Davey was there to smack him. So, uh, just looks like a just an awesome football player and one that, of course, the staff would love to add to the defense. Yeah, you, you said it right, football player, right? Like every every Luke Fickle finds himself a football player, like a kid that he just loves for who he is on the field, who he is off the field, that, that kind of sums up Rohan Davey. Right. Just a smart man. Uh, you know, it's – sure, you want to look at measurements and you want to look at at recruiting ranking, and you guys touched on this in the recap as well, or, or the nightcap, pardon me. The fact that, you know, it's it's more of a projector is what the ratings are because if you watch Davey's tape, it's very obvious he belongs in a high major level, and he's going to show – probably just the way he flies around the field and you know when he tackles someone it, it looks like he's just tackling them he's the the intent is to bring you down viciously bring you down violently and he does it every single play and i think i mean don't get me wrong i don't know much about the dmv area but it looks like he plays in a pretty high level of uh, of competition football wise and and it's it's someone who's going to come in it's it's basically one of these where not necessarily a diamond in the rough, but one where, okay, if, if no one's going to take take you because of, you know, maybe you're an inch or two too short or something along those lines, we'll happily take you, develop you, find a way to get you on the field. A lot like Leroy Bowers recently that we've mentioned a lot, you know, kind of where 
we'll even make a new role for within our defense in order to get these special players out on the field. So Davey, I, I mean, it just seems like he is a, uh, it's, it's a big pickup because, you know, they've, they've got a hot start to the class and you don't want to just take this, that, and the other player who wants to come and play for the Bearcats. They're being a little choosy right now, but it's obvious they really wanted Rohan targeted him and now they, they locked it down. He's coming in. So now, Brent, what would you say to somebody who has concern about his size at 5'10"? I, well, you guys mentioned it as well in the nightcap. And, yeah. you know, it's you look at all the undersized players who have really done well at the University of Cincinnati, Drell White, you know, Perry Young. I mean, even all the way back to like a Terrell Bird back in the day at the, on the defensive line. Just, just like these players that might be a little bit undersized in the program, but they play bigger than their size really shows. Uh, I mean – you look at any of those players in their careers at Cincinnati and you'll see, you know what, maybe size doesn't really matter too much. If you can go out there, you can make football plays and, and fly all over the field. And, and at this point as well, you got to trust the staff, uh, you know, trust, trust Luke fickle, trust all these, these coaches who have seen this top level talent who have played against Georgia and Alabama in the last two seasons. They know what it looks like to, to play it at a very high level at the highest level. And if they if they didn't believe that Rohan Davey would fit that mold, I don't think that they would have told Rohan to come on in and be a fold of the program, especially the way that he mentioned how he was accepted and, and everyone it felt like a family and he felt loved and different things of that sort. That's that's all the culture really taking in Davey. So, I mean, it's trust at this point, and I it's, it's hard not to trust Luke Fickle, Colin Hitchler, and the entire staff and and what they saw in Rohan Davey. Aaron, Dad. You have a private message. Oh. Oh. Private. See, you see that right there? See where your name is different? Aaron Smith. It's a different color. No. Up here at the top of the page that you got pulled up, the Rohan Davy page. Oh. You see that right there where it oh. says Aaron Smith? Yes. That means you have a private message. Did you not know that? I didn't. That, that message might be eight months old. Wow. Well, 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 don't click on it while you're up up here on the widescreen. It might be. Oh, no, it's from it's from the 30th. We're good. Okay. 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 There we go. There we go, Aaron. Big time. Hello, Aaron. I, I enjoy all the work you do. We'd like to bring you out on the national level. How no, it, it, it was about the subathon giveaway stuff. We're okay. Good. okay. Okay. Well, but yeah, I mean, Rohan Davey, uh, we kind of have wrapped it up, touched on it big. Everyone that you've talked about him just has good things to say. So, you know, I think uh, at this point, you've got to trust what the staff does. And when you watch the tape, it just adds on to it. And, I mean, welcome into the fold. It's going to be a big-time uh, big thrill to see how he's able to to crack out onto the field. Yeah, I, 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 I think you you got to be excited about a kid like this. So, I don't know that there's much more that we can say about him until we, we do have him here. But – uh it's, it's good to see the class continuing to build uh, and build it the right way. Well, like we talked about last night, you know, Luke continues to bring in leaders to, to bring in winners. And again, kind of talking about anybody who's too short for the position or something like that. Mm -hmm. I, I don't think you're going to see that issue with him once he's on the field. I mean, you got, you got guys like Byron threats on the team. I mean, who you could make that same argument, but when you see him on the field, it translates. Yep. So great. I agree. And it continues to develop that pipeline out there into the DMV area. Correct. Uh, seen 
quite a few guys over the last couple of years to uh, consider Cincinnati and then, and then a handful of them to, to come and commit as well. So um, I see nothing but positives in the commitment. And, you know, he's one of those players where, sure, if, if in the program it did read two or three inches taller, I imagine that it would have been a lot of just big, big offers, different things of that sort. It reminds me of, of a kid I played football with back in the day who was just, you know, a couple inches too short, but he, he set every sack record at in, in the state of Indiana and different things of this sort. He was just a couple inches too short, but no, I, if you're a football player, you're a football player and the staff's going to identify you and they're going to find a way to get you in the fold. And that's what they did. So, well, speaking of in the fold, let's transition over into how spring practice has been recently. And, uh, Kind of an interesting talk about what happened on Saturday. Just sounded like offensive domination from what I was able to gather. Uh, I don't think there's going to be a third quarterback in the quarterback race, but it's good to hear that Brady Lichtenberg is yet another player who is making these steps with his progression, making these steps of, of you know, not only sitting back and saying, okay, I've got Ben Bryant, Evan Prater in front of me. I'm going to take a back seat and kind of just wait my turn and not really trying to develop myself. But it sounds like it, he, he's having himself a solid spring as well and had a good practice. Uh, Zach Kolaros is, is mentioning him. We all know Zach was a guy who was put in a situation early in his career, and he made the most of it. So, I mean, you never know when it comes to college football. Um, injuries and whatnot, knock on wood, but you've always got to be ready. Next man up rotation. But aside from that, uh, Chris Scott, really good interview with him. Seems as if things are starting to really mesh and, and mix together. And that leads to this Saturday uh, spring game coming up And Aaron. We've, we touched on it quite a lot. Spring break. It's spring football. has kind of been, you know, we've, we beat that dead horse pretty much is, is, is what people say, but you know, what, what is it as things are starting to culminate and come to a full for you where you're kind of like, okay, new stories are, are rising, but when Saturday does roll around, Here's something that I'm going to tip my eye to, something that I do want to see either happen or not happen or a player or two, whether it be. I, You know, you you and Chad have had these nightcaps every single night. And, I, you know, you aside from Chad, you're probably option 1B as far as knowledge when it comes to spring football practice. So what what is it that you're mainly looking forward to come Saturday? Well, we did touch on this a couple of nights ago on the nightcap. Uh, but we, things that I'm looking forward to is the outside of quarterback, as, as that's the obvious answer. Yeah, is kind of seeing where the depth chart of the what, what the depth chart of the running back position looks like. As you've seen last season, we got glimpses of where Chuck was in his progression coming back from his injuries. We got to see who Ethan Wright is. Uh, we got to see. Uh, a little bit of Ryan Montgomery, uh, but obviously we're wanting to see a little bit more of, of both Montgomerys at this point. And I'm, I'm very curious to see what Stefan Bird look, looks like with pads. Uh, we've only seen uh, his high school stuff, and he did have an injury towards the end of the, his season uh, for his senior year. So we'll just – I don't know. I'm, I'm excited to see just what that depth actually looks like on the field. Um Staying on the offense, I'm also excited to see what Shaman Matera looks like since practice one, which was the last time that I got to see a live practice. Um, 
also excited to see what this wide receiver depth looks like now that Chris Scott is emerging as a name to follow. We we also have plenty of names going back to last season uh, as guys who were new to the program, Drew Donnelly, um, uh, Will Pauling. Uh, we already kind of, I mean, we have a pretty good idea of what Trey Tucker is, but very excited to see what Nick Mardner looks like now that he's had practice under his belt. Excited to see what Blue Smith looks like as he's okay. had, you know, a couple practices stacked up now and, and kind of seeing what, what he looks like. Did you see the small <laughs> back and forth? I did. Yeah. Spectacular. Uh, you know, and, and right now um, you've seen this team, the Bearcats that is really kind of have that, you know, they had to adjust from being the team with the chip on their shoulder, things to prove to all of a sudden being the favorites the last couple of seasons to now, again, they're they're in, in a lot of these preseason polls and, and different things being put together. You see, you know, on Twitter and social media that Houston is kind of the the sexy pick, if you will, at this point to come out of the G five to come out of the AAC as the champion and and, and play in the New Year Six Bowl. You're seeing love for UCF as well, um, and kind of leapfrogging Cincinnati. And and you're seeing some players kind of, you know. It was this all came came about with Sauce Gardner's tweet and uh, about how you know he him just blankly saying I'm the best player in the draft, which is awesome. I, you know, if you're a GM out there, you want that confidence, especially at the cornerback position. And I don't I, I see it as cocky as well, but it's a confident cocky. It's not a unwarranted cocky. Cornerbacks are cocky. Newsflash: right. Story Eleven. Like, <laughs> yeah. Come back and and we'll tell you more next week as well. Same story, same time. Yeah, never, never would have guessed that one. Right, but and then of course, so who is it? None other than Marcus Jones, who comes out and he's trying to be a little cocky himself, and he says, "I I must be in the Canadian Football League draft." Well, if you remember back, Marcus in Jones comparison kinda, to Sauce Gardner, yes, yes, that's that. Yeah, that's where you should be. Yeah, I, and, and he kind of he. He had a, had a little exposed in the game. I, I'm trying to remember. I, I don't know if Alec had like a dominant game. I think he had a couple of catches and a, and a touchdown in that one. But, I mean, Marcus Jones is he's a good player. You know, don't get me wrong, but he's not he's not Sauce Gardner. There's there's no denying that. Um, and so of course you know you see Shamal Mateer kind of chirp back and you know show pictures of of Alec Pierce catching a touchdown in the end zone and different things and then Houston chimes back and they're they're kind of talking about oh uh, young fellow I didn't I didn't even know that you saw the field blah 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 and it's just kind of funny because then Shamal Mateo sent a picture back holding the AAC trophy and it was just kind of kind of a little bit of a of a recognition that you know what Houston Cincinnati this is a uh Maybe a bit of a rivalry budding on the on the de- on the uh, football side of things. Obviously, basketball is what it is. So something to watch out for, especially this season, as these two teams. You know, a lot of people are picking Houston as as the favorite now. Cincinnati that chips back on the shoulder and Schmomater wanted to make sure they wouldn't hurt it. So I just thought that well, was it, it, hilarious. It's no surprise people are picking Houston. Cincinnati's going to have eight or nine players drafted. Like right, yeah. Right, people are gonna since Cincinnati lost their quarterback, you know, that's might be the number one 
quarterback in the draft and they lost their best defensive player who might be a top five pick. Like, yeah. Yeah. It's understandable. Might be the best player in the draft. <laughs> right? It's understandable for people to, to look at Cincinnati and, and expect them to take a step back. What we're seeing this spring, I don't know if that's going to be accurate. I mean, they're not going to be as good as last year, but they're still going to be pretty damn good. They are. Yeah. And the thing is, sometimes with these unknowns, it, it does take some, I don't know. It's probably going to stay this way until until the season begins. And you see that first game against Arkansas, and you see who is starting at quarterback and, and this, that, and the other for all the national pundits to make their their new adjustments to the new Cincinnati team, but yeah, I mean, if if it's the simple who they you know who's leaving, who's coming in that you know a lot of these national d- media guys do, you look at who's leaving and you're like, oh wow, they lost okay. a lot. They they are revamping on both sides of the football for the most part, but they're revamping with high level players that just haven't gotten their names known yet, which is obviously the main thing we've talked about for quite a while. Well, and you Um, talk about the other side of the ball, and that gets me back to your original question. Yes. Now that we're talking about defense. Defense. So the other things that I'm I'm looking for on Saturday would be the depth behind the three starters at defensive line, behind behind Juwan, behind Malik Van, behind Jabari Taylor. What else do you have behind them, and and what are they looking like? Um, outside of that, obviously the secondary with how many guys that you have leaving from the secondary and what this looks like, especially with the new looks with the infusion of Leroy Bowers and what's going on with that. Chad's talked about the different schemes that he's seen throughout practice throughout the last couple of weeks. And I'm interested to see what we end up seeing on that side of the ball as well. Beyond that, um, I would be remiss if I didn't mention what the kicking game looks like now. So uh, we, we've heard some, a little bit, a little bit of this, a little bit of up and down ebbs and flows for the, uh, the kicking game, but it sounds like all in all, it's vastly improved. Yeah. Sounds like it's mostly this. He's had, um, a, he's had a couple days where with the, the, it sounds like the guys barking at him have, have caught up with him a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the one I day you said, so. Chad, correct, correct me if I'm wrong. The one day you said he was what one one for five. Uh, when they first started going live with him, he struggled a little bit. Uh, he has gotten significantly more consistent as practice has gone on. I think he was three for four with the miss coming from like fifty uh, on Saturday. Um, so as he's gotten settled in, and I mean that's a that's a new rhythm, man. You, new holder, new snapper. You know, you're, you're doing. You're you're out there for the first time with Kerry Combs. Kerry Combs in your face, <laughs> screaming in your face. Like that's a uh, it's it's a work in progress. But he has got a monster of a leg. Like it's not Delaware anymore. Leg. Right, Kelsey's Kelsey's rocking her Delaware blue hen shirt tonight. Oh, wow! Got a got a little care package from our fine friends at uh, Home Field. A so, Ryan Co special, huh? Yeah, they sent, sent us some uh, some random stuff. Okay. The Fair. mystery pack. I think this is an old Texas A&M. School of Mines. Mines, like the miners, yeah. right? I think that's yeah. not Texas A&M, but... Like UTEP? Uh, UTEP, that's what I meant. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. An old that. UTEP shirt. I like that. Um, 
And then, uh, so, but correct me if I'm wrong, though. It, it just sounds like at this point, sure, Cole Smith was, he looked solid in practice. I thought he looked solid at, at Camp Higher Ground for the most part. But there, it's no denying. It, it got to a point during the season last year where you he lost you his confidence. Like, yeah, it, that. And then afterwards, you felt like the team was never going to kick a field goal. And if they were going to, it was going to be from 35 yards or in, in, 37 yards and in. And even so, you never really felt great about it. So it seems as if even, even if he does have some practices where he's a little down or whatnot, it does seem like the threat is back for the kicking game, just in general. It should be uh, different. Yeah, I mean, you're you're looking at it now. If you get to the 30, 35-yard line, you've got a leg with a big enough – a guy with a big enough leg to, to get you points. So there's not always that, like, Hold extreme pressure. No, just that pressure of, like, we – like, if we're going to get points, we have to at least get to, like, the 15-yard line, 20-yard right. line. Like – it's so much different when you're you're at the 30 35 and you feel pretty confident that our guy's going to be able to to put one through so it, it changes the offense it changes the the way you approach games especially you know like a you know a 2 minute drill mm-hmm. at the end of the first half if you know we just got to get to the 30 yeah like you know it 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 opens it opens things up to allow you to do some different stuff if if you go back and look at some of the some of the game broadcasts of it, you know, uh, and and like they said, they put the target line out there for yeah. the field goals. Is it was it was it was bad for Cincinnati. So, yeah, it was like the, the twenty two, like twenty three yard line, like forty right. was considered. Like I don't think they're at anything outside of forty. Shit, anything inside of forty. Yeah, uh, it might not might not work out for them. Exactly. Well, and and also you got to think. This is you are without Desmond Ritter. Where if it was a fourth and two, a fourth and three, with you know in kind of that middle eight area, you felt good. You felt good about Des coming up with some sort of a way to pick up that fourth. I, I mean, one of his more memorable runs from this past season came against, I, I believe it was SMU. It was like a fourth and six where with Ryan Coe, you might go out and kick that field goal. Instead, right. that was the run where. Where Dez had the you know the the option read and he almost tripped, but he was able to keep his balance and he and he ran in for the score on fourth down. So um, you don't you don't have Dez anymore. So maybe it is a time where you know Coach Coach Combs turns over to, to Luke and says, "Let's send Co out there," and they send Co out there for, for some maybe they send Evan Prater out there to do the same thing that Dez did. True. I'm, I mean, you could you could, and so. A lot of options and uh, and things are starting to, to, to really get into form leading into the game on Saturday. Um, Chad, as far as I don't want to put you on the spot for, for too breathly of a, of a comment, but you've been to every practice and you're going to go to the practices leading up to Saturday as well. Probably not. It, uh, well, yeah, okay. Well, then, then that means that Saturday might be the next one. So uh, hopefully I'll be at Thursday. There's there's about a five percent chance I'll be there tomorrow. Kelly's still in the hospital. I'm sick as shit. So let's, tomorrow's uh, tomorrow's probably not going to happen. But uh, hopefully I'm back on Thursday. Better better chance of 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 what? Coach K saying he's coming back after 
North Carolina wins the national championship tonight, then you go into practice. Right. Tomorrow? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I hear you. <laughs> but there's probably a better chance Coach K comes back than me going to practice tomorrow. Okay. Deal. 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 I'll this is probably because Luke made me go to practice Thursday when it was cold and rainy. When it was cold. And yep. He he probably did this to me. This is I'm, I'm holding him accountable. <laughs> I've already sent him sent him a text letting him know my displeasure. <laughs> And and you know he he won't let you hear the end of it. Say you know Chad did well coming to every practice, and then look, Chad warned him he was soft. He told him. I told him. Yes, I'm soft. I, yeah, I did. That, that is not a secret. Something you know. Sometimes it's not it's not bad to be soft. You know. I don't okay. play. I don't play football. You don't. You do not. I I talk into a microphone. Like I, unless it's the for a unless you play football. Video game edition. It, I still do play not play. For the, I, I control the players on the oh. television screen. Okay. I'm not playing football. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. But if you had to dwindle down to, to one or two things in, in, a, in a game atmosphere, you know, I know they scrimmaged on Saturday and they've done other kind of, you know, 11 on 11s and, and seven on sevens, but in this real kind of spring game atmosphere in f- in front of a crowd on Saturday, what might be one or two things that you're looking for that might be a little bit different than what you've been trying to look for in practice? Quarterback, baby. Let's see where it's at when the lights are on, right? Like, okay, yeah. Let's not let's not gloss over that that there is an unknown at quarterback that the thought that Ben Bryant might be able to run away with this thing this spring mm-hmm. uh, has turned into a quarterback battle. Right. No, I mean, it's it, it, like, again, Ben is, Ben has played well enough to, to pull away. Right. But Evan is not letting. So mm-hmm. like, let's see what it looks like when the bright lights are on, like, you know, let's, let's see how it looks when the pressure ramps up a little bit. Um, and then, you know the defense is is going to be uh, something that people wonder about until until we get to Arkansas because it's you know you just you lost so much you you lost uh, your pass rusher you lost your shutdown corner you lost your captain you lost an NFL yeah. linebacker you lost an NFL safety like <laughs> you know it's it's uh there's a lot. And, and and remember, like the last time that this program had uh, an influx of talent hit the NFL like this mm-hmm. was in 2009. And in 2010, they went four and eight. They weren't ready for it. They weren't, you know. Now they lost a bunch. And they lost a bunch of guys. Yeah, yeah. but but if, like I was talking to a couple guys about that team mm-hmm. uh, Saturday, right. I said that just leadership wise and talent wise, they weren't. That team wasn't built to handle the losses. Yeah. You still had a few really, really good players. Right. But there wasn't enough depth behind all those guys that graduated to really. And and that was a two-year. And this is a two-year thing. Like, mm-hmm. they lost a, a ton defensively in 08. And then they lost the offense in 09. And by 2010, they weren't in a position uh, to, to sustain it. Uh, that's, we're going to find out like, is this defense in a position to sustain it? Because, you know, we don't have a my that, right. that, that, you know, 
this guy's got a relentless motor and he's going to get, if he doesn't get to the quarterback, he's going to get near the quarterback mm-hmm. and make the quarterback move. He's going to move the pocket. He's going to, he's going to make things uneasy. Right. We don't know who that is for this defense yet. We don't know if they're going to be good enough to hold up a corner, you know? Um, right. So let's see, like the, the offense was, was really good on Saturday, which, you know, gives you a lot of hope for the offense. Right. But also makes you say, okay, the defense was, the defense was a little suspect on, on that first scrimmage. Uh, so quarterback and the defense, I mean, those are the storylines coming in. Those will be the storylines going out. So, okay. This, this might be a hard question. Obviously just with spring practice, I think it's probably be easier to answer after fall practice. You know, a lot of the times it sounded like the defense dominated last year, whether it be, you know, during, you know, the time at Camp Higher Ground. And it was kind of just, you know, well, defensive line handled the offensive line again. And, you know, defensive backs didn't allow any separation again. The dominance that the offense had on Saturday, is that more of a tip of the cap to how good the potential of this offense is? Or do you think it's more of a warning of wow this this defense really has some holes that that need to be need to be fixed and but you know before the start of next season or is it kind of just a mix of both a little bit of a mix of both i mean you're still as a defense coming together right like you're still mm-hmm. it's not just plug and play i'd also say on defense like the the big thing saturday was wilson huber was was out he was dressed i think it was just a precautionary thing but okay uh, you didn't have your, you know, captain middle linebacker uh, mm-hmm. out on the field. So that changes, you know, I, I think Jack Dingle is going to be really good. Right. I just don't know if he's ready to go out there against that offense and, mm-hmm. and you know, be ready to go. Um, I, I do think one of the things it shows is they are incredibly deep at wide receiver. I mean, there's – there's for, for my boy Blue to have like 250 yards – Oh my god! You make me not want to put information about him on the board. <laughs> as as I was told that day, I would hope he had 250 yards. It's his fifth year in college, and he's playing third string freshman corners. Fair. <laughs> um, we joke around about that, guys. It's it's not serious. People take everything I say way too serious. It's just me messing with Aaron. Um, you're, you're so good there. Tyler Scott, Jaden Thompson, Trey Tucker. Will Pauling has had a good last two or three practices, I think, where right. I thought he was – there was kind of quiet the start of spring. Um, and, but I think he's really started to, to pick it back up. As I've told you guys, I think Chris Scott has been excellent. Um, I think he's going to be a factor in this offense. Uh, Nick Mardner, Blue Smith, you know, Drew Donnelly, like on down the line, there's seven, eight, nine wide receivers that, you know, you feel like you can put in and and have make an impact. And my God, that was a room two years ago. We, we got completely blown up and, you know, the job Mike Brown has done with that room is is unbelievable. It's remarkable to see where those guys are at after, you know, such a 
hard reset of the room where really it was Alec Pierce and a bunch of freshmen, mm-hmm. you know, and, and now those freshmen and some transfers are all starting to really hit their stride and, you know, and be factors. So uh, obviously a lot of great storylines to really keep a track of as it comes up for the, uh, for the game on Saturday for me as well. It's, it's, it's kind of what both of you guys are saying, um, but this will be the first time I'll be able to get in front and, and see all these new fresh names and, and what they bring out on the field. And the greatest thing about the spring game is you get to see everybody. You get to see literally every single person. Uh, you get to see, well, who's, who's out there and ready to play. And yeah, I'm excited to see what the quarterbacks do. I'm excited to see what the receivers do with the bright lights on, you know, are, are people going to be ready to haul in these passes Are you know, are the, are the, Offensive line's going to hold up. Is who's going to step up defensively? I think kind of just every single storyline lines up for what I'm looking for, which is uh, just a lot of excitement. So, hey Chad, I, I'm probably asking a question I already know the answer to, but do you think there's any chance that the guys who have been held out thus far through practices make an appearance this week for the game? No. Why Saturday? would you do that? that? And that's kind of what I thought, but I, I just thought I'd no. If you've held them out to this point, you don't throw them back on the field and risk, you know, ruining the entire point of holding a lot of them out. Well, and I don't know that I necessarily mean like the offensive linemen or anything like that, but whether we saw Pace come back or whether we saw um, even no. some of the freshmen that have been sidelined. It's really only one freshman that's been sidelined, and that's JoJo Bermudez. Jojo Bermudez. I think there's a decent chance he might be. He might be out a while. Okay. So I don't expect Josh back. I don't expect Renfro back. Uh, Mets has been slowly working himself back over the past two weeks. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you might see him, but they've been pretty slow with, with how diligently they're working him back. Um, I don't expect Pace. Uh, I mean, that's the bulk of – I don't expect Ryan Montgomery – um, Justin Harris has been in the red jersey, but he's been out there. Right. So I think there's a good chance he would probably play. Um, but that's, you know, no, I don't, I don't think any of those names that have been out all spring, I don't think you'll see them back as we okay. get to uh, the spring game. Kind of so, what I assume, but at least thought it was worth asking. Sure. Yeah, good question. Uh, so the whole Chris Scott talk, I'm excited to see what he brings. Um, I know you don't like, player comparisons chad but is there some some dominic goodman in his game where kind of just no. just more of a possession guy or is he a lot more athletic than what what goodman brought or uh he's not any re- relative comparison to goody because goody had outside of coriante to bury the j- most giant hands i've ever seen <laughs> um fun fact but... I, I used to play flag football with goody he was better than you. Oh, I didn't even play offense. Come on now. Was was he playing quarterback? No, he was playing wide out. Okay, uh, but I was I was defensive end. Oh oh oh! On flag football. I, oh. I I did sack an NFL quarterback. I'm just saying. Oh. Um. So, uh, I don't know where I was at. My brain's not working. He was comparing who? Oh. Uh, actually, I think if I think I have a, a decent comparison. Okay. He reminds me of Alex Chisholm. Okay. 
I think you guys were mentioning that on the last BCJ pod, but yeah. Yeah, okay. The thing with Chris, though, that's been interesting is he's worked at all three spots. He's worked in the slot. He's worked at boundary. He's worked at field. Yep. Um, so he's giving himself that petitional, that positional versatility um, to, to help get himself on the field quicker, which you love to see from a young guy. Um, you know, it's, it's interesting you bring up that 2010 team because, you know, after the, the 2009 squad, they had, they had an early first game of the year road trip. I imagine probably somewhat of the same as this, this season, you know, new coaching staff probably throws things off a little bit, but it seems like things were a little, little off on that road trip at Fresno state. And, uh, that might've led to that four and eight season at Arkansas, uh, a higher level of competition, but I think this was a, uh, so, you know, a team this season probably has a little bit more talent didn't, across the board. Didn't that Fresno State, State team of Ryan Matthews? Yeah. Oh, no, it was a good Fresno State team. But I, I mean, I think in the end, I think this uh, this Arkansas team will be better across the board than, than than they were. But, yeah, it was it was a good Fresno State team. Don't get me wrong. But it just seems as if, you know, you, you lose all those players and you have a tough road game to start the next season. So um, 28-14 was the final in that one. Uh, Gosh, I remember that game. It was a weird late, late game out and about in Bloomington trying to find a way to watch the game. Finally found it, and boy, it was uh, it was over in a quickie. So that's um, about it. <laughs> so let's hope, let's hope the Arkansas game is a little different. Uh, spring game coming up Saturday. Anything else as far as just team stuff football-wise or uh, can, can move on after that? No, I, think, I think we can time stamp it. Oh, Aaron. On it. First, first timestamp. Do we? That is the Urban Artifact timestamp. Here's an alley oop. Urban Artifacts fruit tarts score more than the rest. Swing by their Northside Tap Room and mention Bearcat Journal to get two dollars off a flight of four tasters. Urban Artifact uses seven thousand pounds, seven hundred thousand pounds, seven hundred thousand pounds. It's a big add, difference there. Add a couple of zeros for that sucker. Of real fruit each year. Mm. Tasty, tasty. Um, so, well, thank you very much to Urban Artifact Timestamp. Uh, Which one are you drinking? This is the, uh, I think you had this one last time, the Lemon Lime Tart. I did. Um, I'm going with the, the Teak. It's a tropical American fruit tart. Okay. So I've heard like... good things about that one. It's not pretty good. Spy glass. Hmm. I can taste like you can definitely taste the tropical fruit on this one. There we go. There we go. Very tasty. Thank you very much, Urban Artifact. Um, a couple of uh, just just wrap up the recruiting side of football. Um, a couple of big, you know, uh, the top eight and the top six for two football recruits, high names. Uh, Kamari Burns, top six, Cincinnati, West Virginia, Pitt, Tennessee, Kentucky, and Indiana. Braden Moore. Top eight, Cincinnati, West Virginia, Pitt, Duke, IU, Illinois, Minnesota, and Boston College. Those are two high-level players. Two guys from the state of Ohio in the class of 2023. Um, yet again, I mean, it's just uh, it's always eye-opening because these are guys that, you know, just a few years ago, you would be doing backflips to know that you were in their top eight or top six. And nowadays it's like, wow, yep. 
just another top eight, top six for the staff. I don't know exact exactly where they stay. That'd be more of a, of a Mick Walker question or a Chad Brendel question. But uh, yet again, always good hearing that, especially if you have the opportunity to be a hometown hero. As these I guys definitely, do. I definitely think Burns is one they've got. They've got a good shot at. I mean, obviously, it's nowhere close to Don, and probably we'll go into the um, the June uh, official visit period. Uh, I think you're going to see a lot of things trend towards that now. Mm-hmm. That's something that over to these these past two years has been new. Um, that kids can take these official visits in June. They used to have to wait until the season to take them. Um, so I think kids now know like we can take official visits uh, before my season starts. Yep. You know, and I can make even more of an informed decision. Um. So I, I do think, uh, you know, keep an eye on that. But I, I think that's one that, you know, Kamari Burns is one. I think uh, they've, they've got a, a very big chance to take a swing at that one. And you know what? And a very big chance. He's 13th in the state of Ohio. That's a, that is a, a big opportunity right there to lock down another big-time player from the state. So uh, we'll see. As that one wears on, always stay stay locked into BCJ and stay locked in to uh, Twitter accounts as well because it's it's we're all over it. Um, Chad and Mick and, and everyone doing a great job on that. But let's roll into basketball tonight. There is the national championship. Um, Aaron, I know you are impartial to watching these games, um, but uh, I for one love it. I I, I love college basketball. Uh, it does oh, seem listen, like I, I definitely had a rooting favorite watching Duke, North Carolina. Let's not get it twisted. Oh, okay. So, so how did you feel about that game as it was unfolding? One of the, one of the, probably the best final four games, back-to-back seasons with just a phenomenal final four game. Uh, last year, of course, being the, the Gonzaga UCLA game this year being that Duke UNC game. So I'm, I'm definitely in the camp that likes the way that Roy Williams did his retirement as opposed to coach K. Right. I also have an affinity towards North Carolina versus Duke. So that's, that's whatever. Right. Um, I love that North Carolina beat coach K at Duke in his final game at Duke. I also love that as they were just talking about how great it would be for coach K to ride off into the sunset with one last championship. I love that they took him to task. And they they finished out what they got there to do. And his first career loss as a, as Duke's head coach, you know who it was too. It was also to North Carolina. North Carolina. But so. it, it, it was just fantastic to see just his whole just emotion drained from his entire being in that moment. And as somebody who's not ever really been a huge Coach K fan. Mm-hmm. Um, and just, I don't know, like just how they continuous, like continuously made the entire March madness about coach K, like cutting from a game in mid game to go watch him and his wife come into the arena. Like, what are we doing? I don't know. And the, the Nike swoosh shirts with the N I and E gone and just the K on the Nike basketball shirts for that night. Like, and then he wants to say like in his post game presser, it wasn't about me. The whole season was about you, dude. Get out of here. So, yeah, I loved, loved, loved how that ended. Okay. Okay. I, you know, I'm impartial. Um, I just like good basketball. Saturday was good basketball. And I'm, I'm not going to lie. 
if you watched that tribute, there was a nice Coach K video tribute. I don't know if you were able to catch it. Uh, didn't catch it. About about ten minutes long. It got, it got a little dusty in here. It was uh, <laughs> might have shed a tear or two. I would have been annoyed after two minutes. No, this was this was very seconds. Well put together. Seconds. No, this was this was very well put together. But why? It's unnecessary. <laughs> Let him I mean, go. 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 It's like Tom great. Brady coming back. Like Tom Brady coming back for unfinished business. Go. Yeah. Yeah. I know. I just yeah. don't care. Aaron's a hater. Yeah, about fine with that. I will own that. Ever since the Alaskan shootout. We beat him. I, I'm still allowed to hate. Right. Okay. True. But aside from that, uh, I'll get you guys who you guys think is going to be the winners tonight later as we sign off. Uh, but we got to roll into what is going on as far as the Cincinnati Bearcats are concerned. Uh, Wes Miller and staff are obviously pretty locked in on on finding the next talents in the transfer portal and and whatnot. So. Um, and man, it is a hot topic all around town. And it is crazy this turn that college basketball is taking as a whole. Because I, I mean the transfer transfer portal's bonkers. Um, and it is something that if you believe some of the words going around out there, some of the talks about just the difficulties of even getting in touch with some certain players and and different different avenues that you have to go in order to recruit players in the portal, this, that, and the other. It is, it's truly the wild, wild west. And, uh, I mean, you could have probably a full podcast talking about the different ins and outs of it, but it's, it's the new, it's the new norm of college basketball. Um, and it's, it's here and it's, it is something that every staff has to kind of learn on the fly. Uh, this one is, is interesting for the, for the Cincinnati staff because if you think about it, the portal's kind of been on fire over the last few seasons and, for Cincinnati, it's been either a transition with a new staff or a, a global pandemic that has completely derailed any normalcy of an offseason. So this is kind of the first year of a true transfer portal. Take everything as it is, analyze it, and, and get your targets and go from there. And at this point, it seems as if a lot of people on the board are overly anxious Um and then aside from that, it just one of those where you just gotta gotta take a deep breath. Uh, I did quick quick numbers on it, and since Mason Madsen entered his name into the portal, I believe it was on like the 16th of uh, March. There have been, according to just just on 247's transfer portal portion, there's been about 180 names that have entered the portal just on 247 Sports. There's more outside of that, but I guess. Yeah, I know, but it's just you know on the two four seven transfer portal. If you go on that page, yeah. I I counted one hundred and eighty since then, and out of that one hundred and eighty, only seventeen have picked a new a new school that they're going to head to. So you would think by the boards and their reaction that the portal was closed and that everyone had gone to the schools that they're going to. Last I, one out, turn off the lights. I just, I can't, I mean, you and I talked about this before the show, Brent. Like, I can't care about anybody right now. Like, I, it's not built in me to actually care about anybody in this portal until they are a Bearcat. 
Like, I, I just don't care. I'm not going to put any research or video watching or any, because I don't care until there's a reason to care. That said, I'm also not concerned. I know that they're out there doing their work, doing their due diligence, and they're going to do everything they can to put together the best team possible. And I know that it's only his first year. He hasn't built the same credence that Luke has built to where we should trust the process or anything to this point. But I also saw the team that he was able to put together in 30 days, and I'm not overly concerned. I I cannot be one of these people that's on the boards for five pages just for today in the last 24 hours. I think there's probably seven pages in the last 24 hours um, on, on the transfer portal boards. I, I, I know – no, I'm not here for any of that. Telling people not to read the boards is uh, is bad business, Aaron. <laughs> I'm not telling people not to read the boards. I'm just saying that I'm not one of those people. I'm not. I, yeah, probably probably keep that one to yourself. <laughs> See, I, on the other hand, um, <laughs> I'm someone that loves to watch tape, loves to do a numbers dive, loves to hear names. If there's, you know, even if it's a tweeted connection, and I know that it's, as you saw with the, with Andre Curbelo and, and, and all these other names that list a, a multitude of schools, you know, and, and we mentioned this on the last pod, what exactly pertains to a reaching out that's been in touch with? What exactly pertains to that, you know? And, and so I, I, I still simple. like to look at it. Yeah. Coach calls player, coach calls high school coach, coach right. calls AAU coach, and right. says, what's the story? Yeah. Right? Like, that's – that's it's as simple as that. Right. And then it goes from there. And some of them develop into something. Some of them don't. Some of them hear what they want to hear and are interested in you. Some of them hear something that they don't like and they go in a different direction. Mm-hmm. Like, it, it's – or the staff hears something that they don't like. And go in a right. different direction. Like it, it's not a complicated process. I think people just they're so starved for like the daily grind of information that every nugget is taken and turned into like some right. colossal happening. Right. And that's at the surface level, that's not how it works. Like literally what these guys are doing all day is watching names go in the portal, looking up the player watching tape, seeing if there's an initial like, huh, this might be something we need to look more into. Mm-hmm. And then they look more into it or they don't. Right. That's how it goes. That's that's the behind the scenes on it. So, you know, Chad, I don't know if you want to mention it in the pod, but there were a couple of names that you are keeping a little bit of an eye out for. If you don't want to yeah, mention we'll keep names. Those on the board. Right. So – but it, it does fall in line somewhat with the uh, big man, uh, longer athletic wing. But it kind of, you know, obviously there's there's a lot of time left in the offseason, but it doesn't seem as if kind of the, the, the traditional point guard has been, um, at least a target has has emerged that would kind of fit that, that mold. Um I guess I, I don't get the sense that they've of the the names that I've even heard is like uh, we've got we got a little a little tickle about this one or we're going to look into this one a little harder. Point guard has not been something that it seems like they found what they're looking for, right? Uh, yet, 
Right. That's Which, not to say they don't want one. That's not to say that they absolutely will have one. Uh, but, but I just don't think of of what they've been looking for. I don't think point guard is, uh, has rung the bell yet. Do you think that caters more to their thought that maybe Dave can handle the point guard duties a little bit more than, you know, the, the average fan might think up to this point, or is it more once? I think it's what I just said. I don't think they've like, they haven't found a point guard that makes them jump up and down yet. Right. Right. Okay. I just, you know, I didn't know if, if maybe along the lines it's kind of, you know, breaking down tape and telling Dave to, Let's focus more on on your playmaking and, and point guard side of being the combo guard that you are, and if that has anything to pertain right. to it on top. Right? Ask, asking the question four different ways isn't going to get me to give you a different answer. Answering <laughs> the witness, how was it? That last one was a statement. That last part was a statement, not a question. But um, no, I mean, uh, I just think no. Dan, what I meant was no. Yeah. What I meant was <laughs> well. I personally think Dave can handle the point guard duties a little bit more. Um, but I, I mean, mean I, I, look, there's, there's, I think there's a difference between primary ball handler, like, or like a guy with the ball in his hands a lot and, and a point guard, right? Like a point guard is, is a lot more than just like, he's the guy that's got the ball with 10 seconds left in the shot clock, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and I think it was something that, that Dave didn't, Dave didn't take well to the burden of being considered the point guard two right. years ago, mm-hmm. where he likes a little bit more of the freedom of we're going to put the ball in your hand, but we're going to run you off screens. We're going to do some other things that people don't necessarily do with their point guard. Right. So does that mean Dave can't be a or Dave isn't going to be a primary ball handler? No, he's going to have the ball in his hands a lot. Right. But. I, I just think, you know, asking him to be the point guard is something that, you know, I don't think that's in his comfort zone. Mm-hmm. Or at least mm-hmm. it hasn't been yet. I, you know, I think what's lost in all this is, yes, you want, you want to hear these big names out of the portal that are coming in that are going to make that immediate impact and, and be the next great, you know, Bearcat to follow, this, that, and the other. But I, I mean, the the core. We saw some promising parts out of each of them. You want to probably see a little bit more growth in the off season. The freshmen we've already mentioned quite a lot. You know, Skillings and Reed are are, are two guys who seem to be program changers, if not right off the bat. So two that can develop into that as well. You know, it's just you got to look past just that those three spots that the staff is trying to fill, because obviously it, there's no doesn't seem like anything is is right on the edge of happening but i mean who knows these days it it'll be it'll be interesting to see because you know yet again you, you saw last monday it was an absolute flurry of names into the portal it's kind of slowed since then and maybe this is the time where people start to decide okay well i kind of like these guys kind of like this guy well might there be that second wave i mean you saw you saw uh, the the guard from Ohio State, Justin Aarons, who, who I don't know what his story is. There's been is. a lot of people going this week, I, over the past four or five days. So I don't know right. about slowing down. Oh, no, no, no. Well, You're seeing I mean, more just, quality players go yeah, in now. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, like the quantity was was the beginning of last week. I I mean, yet again, obviously, the, the 247 the, 
That's because the quality teams have just been put out of the tournament in the last week or so, like a right. uh, week, week or two. As so I talked about, there's a lot of schools that were just having the, you've got to get, you've got to go conversations. Yeah. The, the tough conversations. Right. Well, I, I'm basing it just off of the two, what two, four, seven has in their transfer portal part. Obviously I, I don't know, Chad, would that probably be who has a two, four, seven recruiting profile would be who they can include in theirs. I don't know what, justifies them to be on this part but last last monday i don't know but, i usually follow verbal commits for transfer right. portal stuff same here anybody. same here yeah um but i just went there because it was a you know it's a, it's a company we work for and and kind of their 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 portal part but they last monday 34 new names then tuesday 21 wednesday 12 thursday 4 friday 6 saturday 3 monday today i think it's up to 10 now so um Kind of, kind of not not slowing down by any means. The quality, as you guys mentioned, has been one that's kind of taken a bit of an uptick. But um, like I said, you know, it'll be interesting to see how things go from here on out. Uh, I I don't know. <laughs> it's it, it's a lot more what I what I can tell by the amount of names that are in the portal and the amount of players who have made a decision is that patience is is probably something that we all need to to work on a little bit because we. Like you guys said, everyone wants something right now. They want the answers right now, this, that, and the other. But, you know, honestly, at this point, a lot of fan bases are probably sitting there getting a little anxious as well. So I I think things will start to fall. Who knows when? But as of now, there's hasn't been many decisions made among all the players in the port. Look, if they come out with two, three players in the top 50, 75 of the portal – it's a success. Like you're, yeah. If they landed two players ranked twenty eight and fifty two in the mm-hmm. the high school rankings, people would be ecstatic. Yep. And these are like like actual analytics of guys that have played in college, like a thousand of them that are being you know ranked. Right. So I, I get. I don't know. I, I'm gonna just behave myself <laughs> okay fair fair um and of course always stay locked into the to the board because chad i think you'll you come on here and reiterate it yet again that it, if you are given something that you're allowed to release then you are putting it on the board as soon as i'm good to put it on the board it is on the board every right. time i promise right. so there there are a couple recent names uh within the past 24 hours that have been, or past 26 hours, I guess, that you have said to keep an eye on. So go check out BCJ for those names. You can start putting puzzles together and, and figuring out if you like this, that, and the other. And if you want to express your feelings on the board, express your feelings. If not. I was I was posting to, to just show you guys how much I love you. I was on the phone and posting those names from the bathroom of my wife's hospital room. While she was talking to her nurse. There we go. That's how much I love you guys. The uh, for anybody never... that thinks I'm holding information back or like, you know, not giving everybody what they're desiring, literally had to go in the bathroom and close the door of my wife's hospital room to have the conversation, you know, the the the, the last conversation I was looking to have. 
<laughs> that those were a couple names that were good to put out. Never we'll a call, dumb woman. We'll call those Never. the uh, the bathroom bites. How about that? You can do whatever you want, Brent. Brendel's Brendel's bathroom bites. There we go. It's got, it's got a ring to it. Alliteration, man. Look it up. But uh, aside from that, check out the board. Uh, more to come probably as as things continue to evolve. Um, I you know Chad. I one name that's ha- that's become public that a lot of people have been tracking that I think it's safe to say would be the one that came from, from down South. Right. Um, the, uh, I, I mean, I, it, it's all over Twitter and, and everything. And I, I think you could see he's rated by a couple of different pundits as the number one player in the transfer portal. And that's who Cincinnati is going hard after on top of that. So, I mean, and he's being imagine. recruited like the number one player in the transfer portal. Right, so. exactly. So I, I, I'm just saying it's a, uh, it's it, it's crazy how much this has evolved from you know not only are you recruiting high school players and recruiting your team after the season's over and recruiting the portal, it it's just the uh, the ev- ever evolving state of college basketball is is fascinating to watch and tonight. Uh, a new champion will be crowned, and that'll again be. And then we'll officially be in the offseason. Officially be the offseason. Exactly. And then this this weekend, AAU starts up with coaches on the road. So, Boom. which is which I, is crazy. That's why um, I'm trying to rest and get ready be able to get ready for Saturday. Yeah, somebody pointed out. I just looked. It's supposed to be 45. High of 45 with snow and rain on Saturday. Yeah, it's going to be awesome. Can't huh. wait. That'll be nice. If that's the case, you two are in charge, and I'm going to Indy to watch AAU. <laughs> one more one more winter winter weather fun, and then... God, I can't wait for spring. Midwest is crazy. This is this, this is the end of spring football. How crazy is that? <laughs> yeah. Stupid. And then 57 and sunny on Sunday. Maybe they'll exactly. move it to Sunday. I'm exactly. still mad at my parents for settling in Ohio. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> has its has its pluses and minuses. Um, but yeah. Uh, Let's sure. get to the mailbag. We got a lot of mailbag stuff. Yeah, I was going to say anything else on, on basketball as we no. move along. And that brings us to another Urban Artifact timestamp brought to you by Urban Artifact. Cincinnati's home for tart beer and seltzer made exclusively with real fruit swing by urban artifacts north side tap room mention bearcat journal get two dollars off a flight of four tasters urban artifact operates in the historic saint patrick church 150 years old wow it's impressive time yes. stamp urban i don't know what that was how, how are you liking that tea karen uh, the teak's pretty good, man. Like I said, uh, it, I can definitely taste tropical flavors. And Is it listen, a seltzer or is it a beer? No, this one's an actual fruit tart, so it's okay. a beer. Um, but I'm, I'm – listen, uh, when I try to do like a summer beer, it's usually got fruit in it, if I'm being completely honest. So whether that's some other competitors or not, um, I'm usually going for a fruit beer. That said, this is a spectacular summer beer. So I would 
highly recommend you know you just get finished mowing the lawn or a nice day with the sun setting you're just outside enjoying you know a 70 degree evening delightful fire pit beer this would be a good one brent how's your how's your lemon lime up there spyglass yeah i tell you what a little bit about spyglass uh you know i used to there's i don't know what the main concert place is there in cincinnati but there's one here and 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 beautiful river bend Deer Creek Riverbend. Okay. Uh, the no, one here. Deer Creek is the one in Indiana. Yeah. Deer Creek is in Indiana. It's, I'm talking I, about Riverbend is the one here in Cincinnati. What I call it is Klipsch. And I, it hasn't been Klipsch for a while, but it will forever be Klipsch for me. Um, and man, I tell you what, growing up, a couple summer shandies in the mix with all the other stuff you're drinking, this is, this is rivals it. Probably a little better than your, your line of cool summer shandy. So, I'm I'm taking this on a nice, nice hot day. As you guys, it was are decent saying. out today. It was solid out today. Mid fifties, six lower sixties. Wasn't 60s. too bad. Wasn't too bad. I, I was sick and in bed all day, so I don't. Uh, other than going to pick up food, uh, that was my experience outside and taking the dogs out a couple of times. There we go. Who let the dogs I don't out? Know what I got. Me. I, I let the dogs out. Sick Chad Brendel did right there, man. I did. I let I'm the dogs out. Sick Chatty B. Aaron, what we got in that mailbag, my man? All right. Heading into the mailbag. Let's start, as we always do, with the football mailbag. And right off the rip, we have... Rip the rip. What position group are you most paying attention to outside of quarterback on Saturday for the spring game? We definitely hit that question up. Go back to the beginning of the podcast. Uh, up. Anywhere between the zero and the 42 mark. I think it was closer to maybe that 30 minute mark, but that should answer your question there. Corners. Just to just to give them a a brief corners. Let's see. Let's see what the corners have. Defensive line. Wanna see uh how how Jamal Williams might look, see if the promise might be there for the offseason. Uh rush ends. And Aaron, I think you said running backs running backs, tight ends. Wide receivers, defensive line, secondary. The whole thing. The whole team. The whole 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 thing. I mean, there's been a lot of transition. I think it's fair. Give me the whole dang pie. I'm here for all of it. Uh, Is the spring game game going to be viewable to non-attendees in any way? Streamed on ESPN Plus slash et cetera. No. Luke does not want the game archived. So the game will not be archived. Yep, and if you show up wearing Arkansas gear, you might not be let in. Right. Get out. All right, on a scale of 1 to 10. Goodness, where did I go here? Uh, 10 being the highest, how concerned should we be about our ability to exert pressure from the defensive end position based on what's been seen during spring ball thus far? I go with a 6. I'm not in I'm not in panic mode yet because I think there's going to be pressure that comes from the inside out. Right. And I think that that is more disruptive than that speed rush is having the middle of the pocket blow up on a quarterback. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, you've got a couple power guys outside. Um but not having a Maijay is a difference maker. Like a, that's a stone cold fact. They've been looking for one since they've signed Maijay. 
And none of those guys have worked out. They, they've been looking for one for a reason because it's an important part of football these days, getting that quarterback uncomfortable in the pocket from as many, you know, different places as you can. Um, I will say one of the, like, one of the things you have to consider, Malik has been limited, Malik Van, uh, coming back from ankle surgery. So we haven't seen probably their best defensive pass rusher on the field much. Um, so I don't want to draw a lot of conclusions without Malik on the field because that's going to be the guy that's, you know, ultimately tasked with that job along with, uh, as we found out, Jaheim Thomas is going to, you know, cover those those roles situationally uh, also. So I, I'd go a six right now. Um, and for six, six for me, meaning more than like a little concern, like a, it, more than like, I don't think it's an issue. I think it's definitely something they need to figure out. I just don't know if we've seen, you know, what it's going to look like when they have their best players on the field. Yeah. I imagine if you're not running like full, full go practice too, it's hard to really gauge what you have going on. I mean, they're still running full pack. Like guys are trying to get to the quarterback. They're I guess not allowed to hit the quarterback. I'm, I'm not, and I'm not trying to say like anybody's taking plays off or anything like that, but I, I just imagine it's hard to get up every single time to for, to go full blow at a quarterback when you're not allowed to go through the quarterback. I yeah, know. I I think back to the end of that Notre Dame game, and uh, sure, it's probably where the offensive line of Notre Dame was starting to wear and get tired, and so you bring in that fresh second grouping of of defensive lineman for the Bearcats but that line at the end it was it, I called it the jumbo blitz package and it was you know Van Briggs and Jabari Taylor and so I you know and they were able to get a sack they were able to get pressure there at the end of the game a couple of things like that so it's it's not like the three of them can't put pressure on like you were saying Chad um, but you definitely want that threat of a player like Majay and there's it it'll be hard to duplicate a Majay, but you know, I think you have other pop possibilities and then you can also get a little bit more different looks as far as a blessing linebacker and, you know, Jaheim, we've already mentioned Ivan Pace has a history of coming off the edge. So um, I think, uh, I think you'll have to play around a little bit if you don't find that, that defensive end pass rusher, but it, it's not as if, these three returning defense linemen haven't had any experience getting after the quarterback either. Well, and you bring up Briggs and let's not forget that he got better as the season progressed. Like yeah. towards the end of the season, he was probably playing his best ball. So we, I'm I don't sure, know. But he's also we... moving back inside, which is mm -hmm. his more natural position, which I think is going to unlock a lot of his ability to take yep. the middle of the pocket and push it into the quarterback. Like I, I just, I think he's better at that than coming from the outside. I just think we're going to see more of Briggs as obviously we're going to see more of Briggs, but I just mean like now that he's really familiarized himself with the defense, yeah. I, his best game is yet to come. I think. Um, no argument there. With the transfer portal most likely starting to heat up as spring ball winds down, where do you see the spots going? I know defensive end and running back have been mentioned before. Any new thoughts after watching spring practice? Did see today that OSU cornerback. Lejean Cavazos, Cavazos uh, entered the portal. Not sure if there would be any interest. 
don't know yet. It just happened today. Um, I still think running back, uh, potentially rush end. But, but look, let's be honest with each other, man. Rush ends aren't going anywhere in today's game. Like <laughs> if you're a good. legit, yeah, if you're a legit, <laughs> right, like difference making rush end, you're either going to the NFL or you're uh, staying where you're at, or somebody's giving you a million dollars to transfer. <laughs> One yes, million dollars. Mm, yeah. So uh, I think things are pretty much, you know, I, I, I would never rule out like if something crazy, like if a crazy offensive lineman comes open or, you know, if a, an impact safety uh, becomes available. Um, I'll have to circle back. I haven't checked on it because there's been so much going on. Uh, what number, like what it looks like in terms of number of spots they have to play with. Cause that could, that very well would dictate like what, what you can do, what you, you know, what you can do when it comes to like uh, taking like a best available, something along those lines. All right. Well, that ends the football portion of the mailbag this week. And we transfer through the portal into yeah, I got to I got to go. You guys, the, the basketball portion's all yours. See you guys later. I, yeah. I see what you did there, Aaron. So we we <laughs> so it's the basketball portion of the mailbag. Uh, we <laughs> a little we, jumper. We jumper over to the basketball. A little bunny over here. Uh, we read that Wes and UC are struggling in the portal. I don't believe it, but what is your general impression of where the program is competition wise? And is Doc. Wes? And is Wes able to sell the program with charisma, or is he more of a develop relationships over time guy? In other words, are guys opening the door to his knocks, or are they closed right now? Thank you. What What's the difference between having charisma and being a guy that develops relationships long term? I, I don't even understand the question. Like, do, you read that Wes and UC are struggling in the portal. Those are the same people on the message board that complain about everything. <laughs> like. It, 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 the sky is blue. Oh, that's bullshit. It looks it looks a little green to me today. What ha- the sun is yellow, the sky is blue. So what happens when you mix yellow and blue? I think the sky looks a little green. Like if you were paying for their opinion, they'd have their own place that you could pay for their opinion. All right. I haven't read any of any eyes on a point guard spot yet. Have they shifted away from filling that spot this year? We covered that a little bit during the basketball portion of this, uh, as Brent alluded to with his line of badgering towards Chad Brendel. I think if a point guard jumped up that caught their attention that they felt good about, that they would go after that. But I don't think that's happened yet. All right. Not. I don't know that it will. I just don't think it has yet. Hurry up and wait. What is the most important piece slash position slash or skill set you all think the team needs to help them heading into next season. For me, I think it's having another shooter, like a somebody who's not afraid to have the ball in their hands. I think that's actually more important than a point guard position, more important than more important than a big right now. I, th- I think that's the number one thing. Check check the Bearcat Journal board. There's a name on there that uh it's not afraid to shoot. Tell you that so, much. I, so I hear. Um, would you agree though, Brent? Is that the same for you? I, yes, yes, I definitely want another score who's not afraid to, to get a bucket or two. But overall, I, I still want length, I still want some added length onto the roster. 
Um, I don't know if that'll be a multiplayer guy that they find in the portal or, you know, whether that's a, a one and done guy. Just, you know, I think that one thing you've seen just throughout basketball in general is that length is something that is very it, – it, it's hard to match in any other way than just going length against length. And if they can somehow get that, whether it be at the five, whether it be at, you know, on the wing or, or something on that, I, I just – adding an additional piece that has some length to them um, that can go and get some rebounds, has some athleticism, uh, can get up and down the court is, is something that I would like to add. Rim protection. That's this most important for you? For me, yeah. This deep, they're losing the two best shot blockers, the two most prolific shot blockers in the country based on their career stats in yep. Adu and Koval. So they need somebody that's going to anchor the back end of that defense, especially if we start to see them go more towards Wes's preferred style of pressing. Like you can't press if you don't have some rim protection at the back end. Um, So this is clearly not far behind, but you've got to get somebody you can put back there. that can rim run and block shots. Pretty Pretty funny that all all three of us kind of touched on each piece that uh, that have been that, that's been talked about throughout the uh, entire offseason. So yeah, agreed. One of each would be great. Yeah, right. Should we be panicking? If so, what substances would you recommend to help with that? Hmm. Bourbon, always bourbon. I don't think you should be panicking. No, I think it depends what state you live in because what state you live in would also dictate what substances are legal to be just using in your body that's fair didn't they pass i I thought something passed over the weekend or something Uh, i'm in kentucky so bourbon is the is the proper answer ah that's that's readily available there's lots of bourbon here aaron what's your go um i mean i i like whatever's cold that's that's really that's really where I go for it. Aaron, your correct answer is Urban Artifact. <laughs> Teak is phenomenal. Stamp that, y'all. Uh, Currently, yeah. it's it's all cold here. I mean, all the all the Urban Artifact. We're, we're right. good here. Yeah. So, uh, what is the potential timeline of when the first commitment might come, and then when the roster will be completed? All scholarships filled. No, I have no idea. Sometime before next year, I'd say. Well, the, the I mean, portal closes, what, May 1st, right? Uh, you're not allowed to enter That's just when you May enter. 1st. Well, you, you have to enter well, by May 1st if you want to get the waiver. Right. The one-year waiver. I think here in the next week or two, things will start to be a little bit more clear. I, I don't know when exactly the timeline is uh, for all of that, but things are uh, vital. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, all right I I, again it's just hurry up and wait we, we all yeah. want to know you know it would be interesting to see, see I how, do too. how coaches shuffle the you know out on the road recruiting high schoolers and aau with the new added thing that the transfer portal is it'll be fascinating to see how they do that so all right uh no need to read if you address the main podcast but thoughts from the three of you on saunders ending up at utah right level good fit Elite speed, <laughs> of course. Elite speed. Uh, oh, I think it's. I think it's a solid. Like they, they were bad last year, man. 
Yeah. So they need as much of a talent infusion as they can get. Um, Obviously, some of the familiarity between Saunders and Tim Gabe Morris. Madsen. Uh, Tim, well, Tim Morris. Morris. Yeah, the pretty quick, quick fun story. Funny story about this. So I was at a at a restaurant uh, called at Pier Forty Eight, just little you know oyster type bars across the street from uh, Gamebridge Fieldhouse, which is you know where the Pacers play and where the high school state championship was for Cathedral a couple of uh, weeks ago in Indiana, and uh, none other than Tim Morris comes down and sits at the bar, and I'm like, wow. What, Tim Great Morris dude. Is Love Tim Morris. Yeah, so I, I, of course, chatted him up a little bit, and I was like, I was like, see, you guys reached out to Mikey in the uh, in the portal, and he said, he said, uh, no comment. No comment. No, no, you, just no comment. I was like, <laughs> like, all right, sounds good. Then I, He doesn't comment. He minute. never commented about anything, and I knew him well. Like, I was tight with right. him, and he wouldn't say anything about anything. Wait, he literally said, knowing you? How did he know you? Bearcat Journal. I mean, I was, he actually I was knew. at the games. Yeah, he, was, he, 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 he saw me around. Press all conferences. Right. Like, yeah. All right. I, I just didn't know that, how, how well you knew him. I mean, when you're some of the only only media members at a uh, during a global pandemic, there it's a fair enough small yeah the, pretty small the, crowd. The circle was pretty small for a while, and he and he probably just thought I'd probably like post Run it on to the, the board internet, or, right? Yeah, say something on on Twitter. But right after that, I was like, I was like, well, I, I think he's probably in in the city to meet with the Saunders and yeah. potentially try and talk to Booker as well. So. And uh, sure enough, there you go. <laughs> All cool. right. This question. Please comment on the experience. Freshman, sophomore, junior, senior mix of the UNC squad. Listed below is the starting five and the only three players that came off the bench. Please comment on the fact that the bench played a combined 13 minutes out of 200 player minutes. Notice there are three sophomores and a freshman in the top eight of the rotation. <laughs> is the fact Hubert Davis continued to play the young guys all year and lived on the bubble, contributing to their run in March? Is there a blueprint for the Bearcats in here somewhere? Baycott, junior, Manic, senior, Black, senior, Davis, sophomore, Love, sophomore, Johnson, sophomore, Styles, freshman, McCoy, junior. I know nothing about UNC. I I would love for somebody to spend like four months going in that window from when basketball starts to football ends. And have them try to understand how little attention you can pay to anything but this. Like, it is two full-time jobs, right? Like, a beat is a full-time job. And then doing a second beat at the same time that you're doing another beat is also a full-time job. Now we're adding AAU into the mix. I just, I I don't, like, I, I, I think I maybe watched... UNC twice this year and it was like while we like it was on while we were doing a podcast or like I, I I just I don't I had no reason to watch them they weren't somebody you see was gonna play I I just didn't I don't know uh good job to Hubert for <laughs> finding the right mix but I don't like that's the thing right like everybody's everybody looks like so if if UNC used the right mix, what mix did Kansas use? Well, and what mix did Duke use? And 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 Villanova had the right mix, and then they lost one of their ingredients. And like I, I just, 
I, I don't know the like how to answer that question, like accurately. Well, what what you also need to take a look at is, I, I mean, Caleb Love was one of the best guards in his class coming out of high school. R.J. Davis, another. I wasn't very good as a freshman. Right, right. He had wasn't some... very good as a sophomore, and then has lost his fucking mind in the NCAA tournament. Oh, he well, he's he, he started to. Uh, uh, so Armando Baycott was the should have been the ACC Player of the Year, and then you add that in with two high level guards. I mean, R.J. Davis top fifty. Caleb Love <laughs> was was a phenomenal high school player. Yes, he didn't. He struggled freshman year, but. I mean, the talent was all, always there. Sure, sure. What about that awkward, strange interaction between Coach K and Armando Baycott after the game? Where he what, like, you mean when, when Coach K knew that all those phones were pointed at him and he placed his hand on the young man's chest like he was baptizing him or something? And let it linger down to his belly. And awkward. <laughs> told, him, told him he wished he was his player. It was so strange, so oh, and- awkward. And then how funny are the pictures of Brady Manick from his freshman year at Oklahoma to now? As yeah, when he was a, he was a big, goofy-looking stiff. Now he <laughs> looks like he should be at Deer Creek watching a fish show. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'd, I'd love to hang out with him at Klitsch watching a fish show. By the way, they're here for, for three straight days, Chad. I know. I'm sure I would like to go, but it's probably in August again. No, uh, it's so actually the, the weekend after the uh, Greatest Spectacle in Racing, so it's uh, mid mid May. Should be oh. should be good. All right, moving on. I'll probably have work to do. Nah, you'll you'll be there with me. Any possible chance there's a player from UNC who might be willing to relocate because of the shorter rotation Hubert plays with? No idea. I don't know. They have that one transfer from Marquette who kind of who went home and had a has a weird. I, I don't know. I, I I would wonder if he would maybe hit See you, Jason. Bye, buddy. Who knows? All right. Uh, traditional transfer, not Juco, all-time starting five for the Bearcats. Really interested to see how far back we go with this one. Uh, I don't think my brain's working well enough for this one. Kyle Washington, Kane Broom. I mean, Mike Williams. There's, there's not many. Um, Hugs didn't take a ton of transfers. No. That weren't Juco, right? I'm yeah, thinking he, the, went, he went Juco a lot. He didn't go transfer much at all. Were, were those all kind of – those were all kind of mixed transfers. Um, oh, can't uh, forget about uh, – Javen Cumberland was a good one. Yeah. How can you not mention Chris Vogt? Um, <laughs> David DeJulius. Um, I may be sick, but I still, I still got a little bit of funny in me. Still got it. Got a little funny uh, in me. You know, you know who you probably can't leave out of this grouping would be uh, none other than um, Rayshon Fredericks. Oh yeah, he had a big role. Yeah, he'll he'll, he'll give. He's definitely had a big role. Um, he'll, he'll give you some minutes out there. Unbelievable. Um, I'm moving. I don't. Know. I don't. I mean, there's there's, there's really not many. Can can you think of any, Aaron? Well, I mean, even this year alone, you had Adu, Koval, Newman. Those were all true transfers. I, I mean, think Newman will find his way into that Newman, conversation. Yeah, Newman would be in there. To Julius. Yeah, Julius. I, is I mentioned in him. Conversation. Be be him and him and Kane Brun in the backcourt. Kyle Washington starter at the five. 
Uh, Overvote? I told you, we're moving on. It's a hard. That's a hard pick between those two. Would it be fair to assume Wes is at the Superdome tonight? Uh, you can yes. assume whatever that. Yeah, my guy would guess he's there. He know. was at. Uh, I saw he was on. He that was on with Goodman. Yeah, he was on with Goodman. Dude, that's that's been like that. I Doster's a guy I've known for a while. Mm-hmm. Uh, I met Goodman last summer, really for the first time. They have turned that field of 68 into something really good. Really yeah. good, man. I watched them a lot during the um, the first two weekends of the tournament. And uh, I like I like where they're headed with that. Like, they they do it live. I don't know if you've watched any of it, Aaron. Um, but if, like, if you're a college basketball junkie, like, they have, they've got a bunch of coaches on that know the sport, know the inner workings of things. Um, they've got former players that are part of their network. Uh, I've been really impressed with what uh, Doster has turned that into. I didn't think that they did field at 12, which was like a college football, like arm of that, that I didn't think hit the way field of 68 did, but field of 68, I've been, I've been really happy with it's great content. All right. My voice is almost it's, gone. I know it's we, almost we gone. And with this is the last question of the bear of the basketball portion of the mailbag. Uh of the current players on the roster, whose development do you see as the most important to the team's chances next year? I have three guys that I would say are the most important. Uh and I, I I'll, I'll let you go first, Brent, because I don't, I don't want to drop three and then you have nobody left. But um, What was the question? Current players on the roster. Whose development do you see as most important? I mean, Jarrett Hensley is, uh, is one. That's one. Very clearly. Uh, Vic Locken would probably be number one. I didn't put him in my top three, actually. Really? I, nope. I mean, him, between him and Odie, that's that's some someone's got to be ready to take a lion's share of of minutes at the five. So, um, I think those are the three for me. It it was going to be Mikey, but he's Newman gonna, Newman's uh, my third. Newman, I, yeah. It, I mean, I think Newman could be the same player he was this past year, next season, and I I mean just maximize that role. I want to see that eight and eight more consistently. I guess is, is than than we did. Well, I think when you put more playmakers and if you and put another right, if you, him, if you put another shooter on this team, absolutely. But I think it. I I think the three are are Hensley, Odie, and and Vic. Obviously, Chad. Anyone to add to the youngest? I might be crazy. I think Micah could make a jump. I I don't know if this year was too much for him. I don't know if. You find a situation um, where you find that right balance of minutes for him to get him back to more comfortable. Um, but I, I'm not ruling out that there's a senior, you know, fourth year jump uh, that's in it for him. All right. So the last portion of the mailbag. As we round this thing out is, of course, the banks. 
And starting it off, in honor of WrestleMania taking place over the weekend, who is your favorite professional wrestler and why? The Rock. I'm a Rock guy. And it's always it, it just the it just the charisma, the like the. I think the thing for me was how funny he was, like subtly funny he was with it. Mm-hmm. Like Stone Cold, I loved, but Stone Cold was always very like in your face funny where the rock sometimes would like he'd hit you with something and, and like five seconds later you'd be like oh oh, oh all right and i thought the rock was more dynamic in the ring um so i was i was always you know a big the, the rock was kind of was kind of my my wrestling guy i mean obviously i grew up with hogan and the ultimate warrior and if i was taking one of those old guys it'd probably be the macho man oh yeah I got a good macho man voice right now. <laughs> Brent, who um, you got? Um, I was I was never a big wrestling guy, uh, but you know, whenever I would I would hang out with with wrestling friends of mine, we, we played the video games and whatnot. I was always Sting. I, there's something I liked about Sting. I, I don't know if it was the bad or way he looked or whatnot, but I, I'd say Sting was my favorite. There was there was certainly a mystery about him. Um. I, I couldn't decide if it was Val Venus or the Godfather <laughs> because the Attitude Era was fantastic and uh, they were hilarious. Uh, back in the day, they, they were certainly characters and I don't, I don't think those characters would make it in, in today for all the reasons. It was hard for me not to put a member of D-Generation X up there, but... I couldn't decide which I don't know. None of them really stood out, but as a group, they were pretty good. Maybe, maybe Michaels, but anyway, if you could have the ability to know if a recruit was going to commit to us, would you rather be in football or basketball? Uh, I already know both. So (laughs) the question doesn't really apply to me. (laughs) I would say, uh, I'd say basketball. Yeah, basketball for me. Because, I mean, just diving into to tape and, and whatnot is, is always fun. Well, for me, it's it's simply because I trust Luke implicitly. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, please list these from most likely to least likely. Number one, BCJ having an up-to-date roster for football and basketball not doing eligibility, just have year they graduated high school. Number two, Brett doing a football game summary in 100 words or less. Number three, Aaron not consuming any alcohol during a football watch party. Well, I would say I have been to football watch parties and not consumed alcohol. <laughs> I don't think. I don't know who who Brett is doing the football game summaries, because um, Brent does the football game summaries, but Brett does the basketball recruiting. So, uh. I would say they confuse me with Brett there. I think uh, that's I think that's probably fair. Uh, it, probably. To be honest with you, there's a, a, a if I turned in a hundred word football recap to Chad, I think he'd tell me what 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 is this. The, so it's an impossibility because you wouldn't be doing Aaron, your job. Aaron tried to send me something like that one time. 
I mean, like, if I don't think people understand how small 100 words is. Yeah. Uh, you get double more, two and a half times that uh, on Twitter. Uh, BCJ <laughs> having an up to date roster for football and basketball. I wish you guys understood how bad that system is to update rosters. I, I sat down to do it one day. And I think I got through four players in like an hour and 40 minutes. And I was like, this is a giant fucking waste of my time. Nah, and I'm not doing it anymore. Like if they fix the system, I will gladly like go back and update it. But the system is, is bad. And so, uh, you know, if we ever get to the point where we're like buck nuts and we're, we're pulling in million dollar a year, like <laughs> money, I'll hire somebody to do that shit. But until then, like you guys are complaining with all the work that I'm doing now that I'm not getting enough info. Imagine if I told you, I'd, I'd love to get you that info, but I've spent 40 hours this week updating the football roster. It sounds nah, like a BCJ fam. 30 for 30. What if I told you? <laughs> nah, fam. Happy Monday. With their time. Skins hits us. Happy Monday, gents, in honor of my wife trying to kill me by making me scrub every baseboard in our house. Uh, newsflash, Skins, that's probably for what you did last week. Just saying. Yeah, probably. Uh, I have a question for you. What's worse, scrubbing every baseboard in the house or arguing about Xavier being in Norwood? Uh, scrubbing the baseboard sucks. I would not wish that upon my worst enemy. That and pulling weeds. Ooh, man. Which is worse for the body, being like in that crouched position. See, my back is already a disaster. Yeah. Scrubbing baseboards. Like, do they have something on a stick that I can scrub baseboards with? Like a magic eraser on a stick. <laughs> right? Like, <laughs> maybe, maybe we just thought of a million dollar idea. Uh, it's called a paint roller, actually. That's, that's <laughs> what it's called. Can, can, would you just soap it up and then? Scrub the baseboards. I don't know, man. At that point, isn't it just, just research and de research and development here, Aaron? We just skins gave us a million dollar idea. Isn't it just as easy to just paint, repaint the baseboards, then scrub them? You have to scrub them before you repaint them. Do you? Crib keeper, hold on, hold on, time out. I didn't get WrestleMania last night. You don't, uh, but you don't like Pat McAfee. Have you seen the clips from Pat McAfee? It was incredible, except <laughs> the part where Stone Cold tried to stunner Vince, Vince McMahon, and Vince just kind of like he collapsed. just folded. He yeah. just folded like yeah. a ton of bricks. McAfee did maybe the best sell of a stunner ever outside of The Rock that I've ever seen. It was pretty incredible. It was unbelievable. The beer spewing from his mouth. Yeah, just he took the stunner and fell. in like in like the Triple H fashion, where it just right. sprays everywhere. No, how how can you not love Pat McAfee? That's the most entertaining dude on the planet right now. Come on, bro. All right. Um, next part by Skins. Follow up question: What's Aaron's new address? Uh, I think it's funny that he's referred to me as the Aaron. Um, I have to send him a bomb or I mean a package. P.S. Chad, where can I find an active volcano? I'm assuming it has to be active or the agreement I have in writing is way too easy to fulfill. Yeah. I'm terrified as to what he's talking about with any of that. Uh, the, the, the 
the the Chad thing is a, an inside joke, and yes, it has to be active. And finding one for you is not my responsibility. <laughs> You're never getting my address, Skins. <laughs> I moved farther away. From He's you not a here. Bengals hater. He just says the Bengals need to build an indoor practice facility. And guess what? The Bengals are working to build an indoor practice facility. I still think it's a waste for them not to have teamed up. He's also Bearcats. he's also a Bearcats lover. Like there is no one in the media that has been more hardcore in support of UC than Pat McAfee. Like since he showed up at higher ground the week of the UCLA game back way back when. I had no idea what you were talking about. You were referring to this comment back by Crypt Keeper. So yeah, we're talking about Pat McAfee. I didn't know why he hated Pat McAfee. Well, I, I didn't. I was looking at the the banners here that I have to continue posting. I missed that, but okay. All right. I keep hearing on the podcast that Urban Artifact is the number three tap room in Cincinnati. What are the top two? I'm guessing Ryan Geis and Madtree. Uh, that is correct. It is Ryan Geis and Madtree. I don't recall. I want to say it was Madtree Ryan Geis in that order, not Ryan Geis so. Madtree. Um, but those are the top two. Urban Artifact number three. Uh, can we get Chad's Twitter feed to auto-post to a private thread in the banks for those of oh. us who refuse to make an account on Twitter but love following his feed? I have a feeling he'll say no because he thinks his Twitter is too spicy for corporate. But if it's behind the sub wall, that might be okay. Just, no. just why, why do you refuse to make an account on Twitter? Just only follow me. Just get a Twitter account, follow me, go to Twitter, and, and when you go, like I'll be the only account that you see. Elon Musk just bought the majority shares for Twitter today. Oh. So I don't know why you're refusing Twitter. The, the, the old Twitter.com. I know a lot of people don't like it. It's okay. Uh, as one of the members who is annoyed by the current toxicity in the transfer portal thread, same. Uh, Chad, let me ask what I am sure a majority of members care more about. How are you and Kelly doing? This week, we're not doing great. Kelly's in the hospital. I'm sick as fuck. Kelsey's sick as fuck. Like, things are not good right now. <laughs> it's a bad week to be a Brendel. Not great, um, Bob. <laughs> <laughs> um, Kelly's just mad right now, man. I, I have to get off here soon. She has been waiting for one test. It's basically an ultrasound that takes 10 minutes for 36 plus hours. That's the only thing that's keeping her in the hospital. And they they won't, they haven't given her the test yet. And if you know Kelly, Kelly is a very sweet human uh, until you cross Kelly. And I think she's ready to cut somebody. So it's a good thing that they only give them like plastic knives uh, in the <laughs> hospital because she's she's not doing great. Also probably not an accident that they only give them plastic cutlery. Um, the last portion yeah, of that okay. question by PDT Paracat is, uh, as a more fun question, what would be a dream vacation for you guys to just forget about all the health issues and celebrate life? Uh, we're going to LA this summer. That's one that Kelly's wanted. She's never been to the West coast. We're staying, uh, staying like half a block from Venice beach. Go to Santa Monica. Uh, Santa Monica is a like a little bit up the beach. We're staying in Venice. Okay. Thanks for good talk. <laughs> um so yeah that's one uh that that we're really looking forward to hopefully we get to take it uh 
with where things are at. Who the fuck knows? Um, but yeah, um, I don't know. Uh, Kelly and I have been to Jamaica a couple times. We love that. We've done Destin. We've done Hilton Head. We've done uh, what's the other one in South Carolina? Myrtle Beach. Myrtle Beach. Charleston. No, Myrtle Beach. Um, so yeah, we we've done a bunch of really cool vacations. Um, but I'm I'm really looking forward. I I uh, I found a really cheap, and it's Delta too, so it's kind of surprising. Found a really cheap upgrade to first class on the way out there. Oh. So we're flying first class to LA. There we go. Nice. Uh, which I think the girls are going to be, you know, pretty pumped up about. Although in first class, there's only two seats in a row, right? Right. And there's three of us. So, so the uh, kids riding by herself. No, <laughs> I tried to pull that off. And apparently <laughs> the, the kid is riding with mom and, and dad is riding with some stranger in first class. <laughs> Window or aisle, Chad? Are there windows and aisles in first seats? I don't know. Like, I don't know how first class works. I ain't never done that shit before. There's only one or the other. Yeah. I mean, I didn't know if it was spaced out enough that there was still, like, one on the window or if it was, like, a little more towards the center. You walk past it every time you got to go to coach. Yeah. The only flights I've taken over the past, like, five years have been private. So, Oh, you fancy, huh? Yeah, you know. (laughs) I'm not a flyer. I drive. Like I, I drive everywhere. I'm a driver. A driver. All right, that's the mailbag. Good mailbag. Real good mailbag. Yeah. Um, and we're like the the game is just now starting, right? We're three minutes yeah. in. Brent, you get your wish. Hey, I I think you wanted to watch it a little bit too. Um, w- quickly, it's what a six uh, zero start. Aaron, who you, who do you want in the game? I I know you probably. Hopefully, well, are you going to watch? Well, since, since no one likes to read them correctly by who the home team is and who's actually in the lead, who's actually in the lead with that 6 0 start? 6 nothing Kansas. All right. Well, or it might be 7 0. God, God forbid we read them the way that it's put on the screen. It's 3 to 7. North Carolina is losing. <laughs> Jackass. <laughs> uh, I, I'm going to say. It's, it's going to be Kansas. I, I would love for North Carolina to pull this one off for Hubert Davis to get a lifetime contract for Wes Miller to be a lifetime Bearcat and for all to be well in the world. Yep, but right. I think Kansas is going to go ahead and, and pull this one out, but we'll see. Okay. There we go. Well, you got? Uh, I got I Carolina. Think, I, I picked Kansas with, uh, with my bookie man. So hopefully it holds up, but we'll see. What's the spread? Four and a half. So did you Kansas. take you take straight up or did you take the uh, the spread? Kansas plus the points. So, all right, one by five. Caleb eight, Love, Caleb Love has been a flamethrower in the Monster. second half of games, especially in the second half. Well, he had 20, 27 in the second half to knock out Mick, and he was a monster in the second half against Duke. Yeah, he killed. He so. was killing it. He yeah. was killing it. We'll see. Chad, should the people expect a nightcap tonight? I, I I can do one. <laughs> we'll see what happens after the game. Flu game overtime. Where are we going right now? Uh, I don't know. I'll text you. All right. <laughs> awesome. Well, get Bye. us out of here, Brent. Hey, guys. It was another fantastic BBP. 
You guys did fantastic. Chad's flu game, I think he came away with a winner. Just the crowd, just the haters. So, uh, yet again, we made it through. Um, a special thank you to Urban Artifacts for the timestamps and everything that they have. We, we finish out with one more final timestamp. And aside from that, uh, special thanks as well to Dan Co. Transmission. And uh, this is another fantastic p- four, four, four. Aaron Smith and Chad Breno. I am Brent Young. Another great BBP presented by BearcatJournal.com. See ya!